1: Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Uh back to you with Joey uh, from you know the fantasy football analyst on Instagram. Uh, we're gonna go over all the matchups today. What's you know good matchups, bad matchups? Kind of go through all the backfields as well uh, for you this week, um, so you can kind of get a better idea of you know who you want to start, make a be- make better sense of those lineup decisions. Yeah, we've
0: got some special stuff coming up. We got some good RB snaps splits and uh, shares there some target shares so definitely a lot of stuff to tune in
1: so um let's get into a little bit of news so leonard fournette he's not practicing today today's thursday um they said that they were going to test out the hamstring on friday um you know hope you have tj yeldon you know if you're a fournette owner but Doug Marone today did say he wanted to get Corey Grant more involved. Yeah,
0: and, I mean, they've been saying that for years, that they want to get this guy involved, <laughs> and I'm honestly confused why they don't. I mean, it seems like every time this guy touches the ball, it's a 20-yard gain, it's a touchdown, it's a kick return. So we've seen him in preseason throughout the years have really big games, and I, I, they need to get this guy the ball more. I yeah, think he's a much very capable pass-catching back, if anything.
1: He reminds me of Austin Eckler a little bit. Yeah. Like, super efficient, small dudes. Yes. And, you know, we, last season when Fournette didn't play, you know, we thought it was going to be, like, all Ivory or something like that. But it ended up being a timeshare between Ivory and Yeldon. You know, do you think that can be the case this week?
0: I think there's uh, – whenever a coach says something, kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Um, but I think what you can get, if anything, from what Marone said about Grant is that he likes him. And if Fournette were to miss time, that he would see more. Work. It wouldn't just be Yeldon out there. Right. Because it sounds more like anything. He was kind of disappointed with Yeldon rather than uh, high on Grant.
1: Right. And, and, and Yeldon does look good this year. He looks a lot better uh, mm-hmm. than he did in the past um, when Fournette went out of the game last week. Grant hardly played. You know, and you know, that's an in game adjustment, right? So, like, not sure how much I would expect them to make the right adjustment or what the adjustment that they want to make if they had a full week of prep uh, to think about it. Um, So, you know, Yeldon pretty much all got all the touches. You know who Grant reminds
0: me of? Kind of reminds me of Tariq Cohen. So, uh, the snap, we'll we'll get into the snaps later, but I'll, I'll end it with this that Cohen's kind of like a gadget player. He's on the field when you have
1: specific plays laid out for him. I think they can do something like that with Grant. Okay. So, um, moving on. Aaron Rodgers, he's apparently getting better day by day. He's sore. He hasn't committed to playing against the Vikings yet. He still hasn't practiced. He hasn't practiced. He doesn't need practice, though. Yeah. But, I mean, talking about practice. (laughs) <laughs> um now I don't think they want Deshaun Kaiser to be out there, so I think that's gonna play into it a little bit, whether he plays or not. Um, yeah,
0: I mean you're going against the Vikings, you're gonna need Aaron Rodgers there if you wanna have any chance of winning.
1: I'll take a Aaron Rodgers with no legs and over Deshaun Kaiser. I'm actually I'm kinda surprised that they traded away Brett hundley for a six round pick, to be honest. You know, like well, maybe th- they like I Kaiser. think
0: everybody's kinda giving up on Kaiser a little too early. Uh he was kind of thrown into the fire in Cleveland with... He just... Not a good situation 100% to... 100% agree. And I think to, it was a
1: good good mm-hmm. pickup by the Packers to take this guy and let him develop. Yeah.
0: Like, I don't think he's ready now, and I don't think he's the future of the Packers. But...
1: Which is why I thought... Like, why are you getting rid of Henley?
0: Yeah. Like, why trade for Kaiser if you have someone else who's not going to also be I the mean, future? I mean, he's...
1: You know, Henley knows the system. You know? Mm-hmm. And for a six-round pick, I mean... I, I thought that maybe they could have... I think just more so they him. just...
0: Uh, the way Hundley worked the offense last year, they didn't like. Kaiser was kind of forced into a leadership role, and he did okay as a leader. Obviously, he made a lot of mistakes, especially when he got near the goal line, but I think they saw if they can refine that, then he could be a better backup in case Aaron Rodgers does miss time. Um, So, a notification actually just popped up on my phone. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won't practice again today. This is Thursday, September 13th, and... Head coach Mike McCarthy said that. Ooh, no, he said that this is no layup.
1: Said of his QB decision.
0: So I'm not sure if I'm understanding that correctly. This is no layup.
1: I guess that means that it's not. That a has given. no effect. I guess it means it's not a given that Aaron Rodgers will play, mm-hmm. um, or it's not an easy decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we'll see. I mean, I do think he's going to play, uh, but you know we'll see. I mean. So Devonta Adams, he himself was limited today in practice with that shoulder injury. He didn't practice yesterday on Wednesday, but he's back to a limited, which is a a better sign for him uh, to play this week. Uh, I would monitor that. You know, we would like to see him get a full practice in. Uh, But anyway, tough matchup against Xavier Rhodes, probably going to follow him. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackson, he said that they're going to get Josh Gordon more involved, get him more targets. Uh, but savior of the game, <laughs> but Tyrod Taylor, he's still your quarterback, so that's going to be tough to do. I, I do see Gordon as a little bit of a buy low candidate right now. If he doesn't do well this week, I don't expect him to. Um, if Tyrod's going to keep looking um, in the way of um, Jarvis Landry. Landry and Joku, and I, so I just I, 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 I would look at him after this week if he doesn't do well. Baker Mayfield's going to come in soon, and he can make multiple guys relevant. Um, so I, I think Gordon will be relevant after that point.
0: When I look at if you're – let's say if it's a tough matchup for
1: for the wide receivers, right?
0: And I'm looking between Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon. First of all, I'm looking at if it's PPR or standard because, you know, Landry's going to have that edge in PPR and Josh Gordon's going to have that edge in standard only because of his big playability. And, you know, he's, he's really good in the red zone. He's great contested catches. So I think – In a close matchup, I do like Gordon better because he can take advantage of those matchups. And although there is a trust with Landry and Tyrod, Josh Gordon is just—you can't beat him. He's a playmaker, right? He'll find a way to get open. He'll find a way to jump up and catch that ball. He's reliable. We saw he saved the game for the Browns just playing. I think it was like he was on the field like once. No, uh, no, he was on the field all game I mean, long. he was
1: on the field, but I mean, as far as, like, his he, he, only he target. Caught, he, caught, he had three targets in the game. Three targets. And he caught one pass for that touchdown. Huh? He was on the field for 80% of the snaps when we really? thought he was going to get only 20 snaps in that game. That's good. Yeah, really all good. All right, yeah, I should start looking into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, in this game, he's probably going to be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore, most likely. Um, and Jordan, And Gordon was getting open in that game. Um, if you watch that game, he was getting open. If you watch the all twenty two film, he's getting open. He, he was fine. Um, it's really about where Landry's looking. And I've been saying this. Tyron. Landry doesn't I'm sorry, Tyrod. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Landry didn't he's throwing a pass. Me. Didn't he throw a pass last year? Landry? Maybe yeah, maybe the he, year before. I I, I remember I'd rather Landry's play quarterback than Tyrod. Yeah. Uh, but but Tyrod's gonna look at Landry, he might look at Njoku, and then he's gonna run if they're not open. Um, and he's not going to get through his progressions, unfortunately. So it, that's my concern with him. And anyway, tough matchup with Marshall Lattimore. If yeah. and that's why I think that this is a good buying opportunity after week two if he doesn't perform. Um, did you have any other news to talk about? There were a couple like minor injuries that you know some players were limited on Wednesday or didn't practice. Corey
0: Davis know. is dealing with a hamstring strain, yeah. and I,
1: I wouldn't worry too much about. Yeah, it that. seems
0: minor. He had some hamstring issues last year. He did, but. Um, he, he seems to play fine during the game and I don't think it's anything that's gonna hinder him Right
1: and throughout the season just like I wouldn't uh, you know go too crazy if one of your players is not practicing or limited on Wednesdays just because uh, that's kind of a rest day a, a lot of times. Uh, so now I, what I would do is like I would make sure that they're practicing on Thursday and Friday those are the more important days. So one more thing actually is
0: that Goodwin is questionable against the Lions. Um, likely to uh, line up against Slay, but I mean, it worked out for Robbie. We don't, we don't know what that defense is going to be. We don't know if that was just an outlier, a bad game, or if this is just a bad year for the Lions. So Goodwin's questionable. And one thing that Shanahan said is that if Goodwin's out, we can expect Dante Pettis to have a larger, like a large role.
1: For sure. And he did have a large role last week after Goodwin got hurt. Um, Dante Pettis lined up on where Goodwin lines up, usually on the left side of the mm-hmm. field, um, and, and that's where he did. And he caught that long touchdown. He's a good player. Um, if you he's watch fast. It, he's fast. He has good body control. He, he, he has good hands. He's a really good player. If he gets opportunity, um, he can do well. Um, so, you know, I think I,
0: either way, this is just more so bad news for Pierre Garçon?
1: I, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I, I don't even like Pierre Garçon that much more in this game, and I do think. So Slay will like so Slay actually didn't shadow Anderson as much as I thought he would last week. He actually mm-hmm. played his side. Was um, in the left side or the right? For side? the most part, he's on his left side on the offense's right side. Gotcha. mean um, he played actually Slay didn't move once to the left side, so he didn't shadow Anderson when he went to that left side. Slay played around eighty percent of the time on the right side, so that's where Pierre Garcon plays most of the time.
0: Um, and I think even if we do see Goodwin in the game, we've seen him beat guys like Darrell Revis because of his speed. Um, And they could definitely move him around. I mean, if they see is staying on one side, they'll move exactly. Cleveland to the other side. So
1: Exactly. I'm not, I'm not worried about that matchup. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the matchups. Um, is, I'm going to go through – let's go through the wide receivers first. Um, sure. Kind of go through, like, to see who has good matchups here. So Allen Robinson was the first guy I wanted to talk about. And I mentioned him last week, and they pretty much – they opened up the gate pretty well with Allen Robinson. He had a couple nice catches. Um, but game script kind of, like – dictated that they didn't have to throw the ball as much anymore. Um, they should have yep. <laughs> because they because they ended up losing that game. They shouldn't have got too conservative. They opened up the game great with their play calling. But um, this week, so um, Denver last week actually played Emmanuel Sanders on the outside a bit more to take advantage of the coverage there. Um, and they absolutely torched the right side of that Seattle D where Trey Flowers lines up. So not to worry about Shaq Griffin either on the other side, honestly. Robinson should be able to take advantage of that, you know, how much he moves around the formation. Um, he played on Trey Flowers' side for most of his snaps last week, so that's a really good thing. Um, Trey Flowers, like that side of the field, they give up the most fantasy points um, to any wide receiver lining up on that side wow. of the field last week. So uh, I like Allen Robinson uh, this week in, in, in a game that should be pretty close, um, and, and I think that um the the Bears, you know, defense should hold up pretty well, but at the same time it'll be close, so they're gonna have to throw the ball.
0: Yeah, good good matchup for Allen Robinson this week. I think that Seattle defense is definitely a lot different from the last few years. Um Allen Robinson did see seven targets last year. I expect that to go up even. I wouldn't be surprised if he hit ten targets. Um it's gonna be a closer game against Seattle. Russell Wilson finds a way to get it done, whether it's Will Disley or Jeron <laughs> Brown, or whatever the case may be, he's gonna find a way to get it done. It's gonna be a closer game, and so they're gonna keep throwing the ball. It's not gonna be a situation where Jordan Howard's gonna run out the clock the whole entire game. Although I think he will obviously get his share, but expect a lot of passes and Allen Robinson to
1: be the main recipient. Right, uh, Jarvis Landry. So, like I mentioned before, Josh Gordon, he's gonna be potentially shadowed by uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Tyrod. He just isn't going his way anyway. Um, with how much he was on the field last week. The Saints gave up a ton to the Bucks last week, even against the slot um, with Patrick Robinson, who's a good nickel corner. He's probably one of the best nickel corners in the league. Um, he was on the 49ers last week, for, and they hardly gave up any points against slot receivers. Um, but that can change this week um, with Tyrod like locked in on Landry um, in a probable negative game script with the Saints going up at home. I think Landry should be fine, even though it's a little bit of a tough matchup. They'll move him around enough where Tyrod's locked in on him. Negative game script. He'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I like what you said about how Tyrod's locked in on him because they do have this really good connection between the two of them. And no matter what the case may be, even if they're down by a lot, they're going to find a way to get him the ball, and they're going to get Landry involved because he's he's a big part of the team. He's the voice of the team, and he's the way they get their – how do I say this? He's how they get up the field. Sure. So I definitely they go through think, him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see Landry involved no matter what. He's I think he's borderline matchup proof. I mean, we have yet to see with other matchups and how Josh Gordon's involved, but it's looking good for Landry right
1: now. I I like Landry, and if he has another big game this week, um, and if Tyrod Taylor doesn't have a good game this week, which is very possible, I would look to sell high on Landry. Um and when I mean sell high... Wide I, receiver one. Wide receiver one. Like, get something that's an upgrade for Landry. Likely if
0: you drafted Landry, it was in the fourth, fifth round maybe even. And can uh, you turn that into a potential... Can you
1: combine him with a, I don't know, Corey Davis to get a, I don't know, Michael Thomas? Something like that for somebody who doesn't get have depth wide receiver depth on their team who have seen what Landry has done every single week or maybe, maybe even
0: I, I think someone to look at even is Julio.
1: Right. So we're gonna look at this week.
0: Julio has a matchup against the Panthers. He owns the Panthers. Right. I think the There's nobody a year in that to secondary go, who can stop him. Yeah, he had over two hundred fifty receiving right. yards a year or right. two ago against Panthers. So he's gonna own the Panthers. He's gonna be very yeah. high priced. But Julio's gonna have those down weeks, right? In theory you'll be fine though. Yeah, and PPR he's still going to see the ball. But Julio has a history of some inconsistency, right. some inconsistent games. And I think that's a great buy-low opportunity if he ever hits that point. Depending yeah. on who the owner is. If yeah. the owner knows the team, they'll know Julio will be good long-run, but he's someone you can definitely target.
1: And the only reason why I say that about Landry is because the target share is going to him right now with yeah. Tyrod as a quarterback. And if that changes with Mayfield, the ball will be spread out <clears throat> Excuse me, the ball will be spread around a lot more. And Josh Gordon is going to see the ball a ton. He can. Yeah. he can, His target share can go from three, four targets a game to like 10, 11 targets a game with Mayfield because he just goes through his progressions and he'll look at Josh Gordon, who's the, the best receiver on their team, the biggest playmaker on their team. They're, they're going to get him the ball. So that's the reason why I would trade high on, on Landry because that change is imminent.
0: I think the Browns win a game. And it kind of sets back the clock on Mayfield, right? If they so win. If, that's what I'm saying. If, if they win again. Then are they
1: really going to win against the Well, they the have Saints, Saints this,
0: week. this week. They have the Jets after. The Jets looked good. That's actually a Thursday night game. Is, that, is that in,
1: in uh, New York? It's in Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. Okay. I'll be. I'll be so I think that's the
0: best possibility. And from that point on, if the Browns do win, I honestly we could think... see Tyrod in the long run. If not, we could see pressure for Mayfield to start. I think Mayfield can come in week three. Like I really? I
1: really think that it can happen quicker than we think. I have a little more faith in Tyrod, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Okay, uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, <laughs> I, I love this transition here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, he, Cole he's, Beasley. He's going to be once again Prescott's guy in PPR. Go for it. You know what I mean? Like if you want this, like somewhat high floor. You know, he'll get you like 10, 11 points in a PPR league. If you're struggling, you're in a deep league. And like, remember, like this is ob- we're obviously not going in order <laughs> right now. I'm just kind of going through the matchups. Um, so in in PPR, you go for it. Not not interested in standard at all. Janoris Jenkins is on the outside, um, so like I don't expect Dak Prescott to attack the outside as much. So Cole Beasley should be the guy again. BW Web and the nickel. Anthony, um, um Dominic Rodgers. Kamardi's gone, so I'm not worried about Beasley. I don't know if you have any input on cole beasley if not i'll move on
0: i it's hard for me to trust cole beasley i mean he's definitely like worth a pickup in ppr especially you can stash him on your bench in a deep league in a deeper league
1: and i don't even think he's a stash he's like i don't have that much depth at receiver Mm -hmm. i need to play somebody i play three wide receivers in a flex i can throw him in my flex and get me 10 to 12 points in ppr even in a half point, I'm not interested.
0: My only worry is as the season progresses, if Gallup sees a bigger role, 100 steps up. Will he, we have five guys potentially no, that could step up? Well, I mean, Deontay we, Thompson saw
1: five targets. We know that Cole Beasley is Prescott's guy right now. Yes. Um, also, Gallup—he's fourth on the team right now mm-hmm. um, in how many uh, routes that he ran as yep. far as wide receivers go. So he's a little bit of a ways, a little bit of ways out. Um, so right now, Beasley's the guy for the next couple of games. Nothing more than that. Um, if and if you're not starting him this week, don't pick him up. Like, there's no reason why he should be on your bench, unless you're in, like, a 14-team league. Um, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, um, they didn't play Dominique Rodgers-Carmarty in the slot last week. Um, he had some limited action. I think he had, like, 25 snaps or something like that. Um, he only played out wide. With the Giants, he was their slot corner. Um, and before the Giants, he was pulling out wide. He's capable of it. Um, and I always wondered why the Giants weren't playing DRC on the outside um, instead of Eli Apple. I never understood that because Eli Apple sucked. Um, but uh, Leon Hall, he should see Sanders most of the time. Um, Garyon Conley. Um, so isn't there's is another big day in the books for Sanders um, and DT.
0: Yeah, we, we saw... Um... <laughs> case support Thielen and him support Diggs last year. I think we're looking at a similar situation this year with Sanders and Demarius Thomas. I actually think um desperate play Cortland Sutton. He had how many targets did he had last game? Do you have
1: that? He had like three targets.
0: Yeah, he had three targets, not too many, but at the same time He also didn't play we'll a see. full
1: complement of snaps. He played So he had five, five targets. Five targets, okay. That's a little bit more.
0: And let's see his snap percentage. I'm just curious. So he had, he played 59% of the snaps. Yeah. Which has a pretty good and When you look at the tight end position, not too much going on there. Right. I mean, I do like Jake Butt, but but <laughs> don't know if Case Keenum does. So we could see potentially Cortland Sutton making a name for himself in the red
1: zone. Um, Keenum does not like the butt. No. Not yet. Not a butt guy. He's not a butt guy. All right. But we know that you're a butt guy. So anyway, <laughs> Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, he's most likely going to be on Galladay most of the time based on how much, you know, how they lined up last week. they lined up on that right side of the field Doesn't, most of the time. Oh, yeah, the side. Yeah. Uh, Sherman's going to play a side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we saw Sherman play a side last week as well. Um, now, Sherman, he did a pretty good job on digs last week. Um the other side of the secondary wasn't as good, particularly in the slot. Um, Thielen was able to do his thing last week. The Lions' defense su- uh, so so the Lions defense sucks, right? So they're going to have to continue to sling it, just like we saw last week, um, even against the 49ers. I think the 49ers can do well at home. Um, they're going to take advantage, and they're going to have to keep throwing it. So Marvin Jones and Golden Tate are both um, in the books. I wouldn't be discouraged if you're a Marvin Jones guy and you have, you know, you know, saw Kenny Gallagher get all the targets. Um, this week it might be a little bit of a role reversal because of Richard Sherman.
0: And I think that's going to be a trend throughout the season. We're going to see a flip-flop based on matchup and based on what you said, who's the corner, who's covering who. So this is going to be a flip-flop between three receivers. Um, Eric Ebron quietly had a decent season last year, and Kenny Galladay seems to have taken his role, not really worried about... Luke Wilson or Toy Lolo.
1: And there were targets left Mm -hmm. to go around after Ebron left. So it it makes sense that, you know, uh, with with TJ Jones not getting as much run, um, there's going to be some targets left over.
0: Especially if the, like you said, if the Detroit defense is something that has taken a step back this year and it becomes a
1: trend, then we could see all three of these guys being very relevant. I would call it a step back after what we saw. (laughs) If (laughs) we saw week one, that was brutal. Um, Sam Darnold goodness Sam Darnold lit him up Uh, Randall Cobb first of all I'm a Jets fan and I'm super excited about Sam Darnold. I mean the way way. so after he threw that pick six I texted my cousin who's also a big Jets fan and I was like hey this is what Sam Darnold is he'll make a mistake but then he'll come back from that mistake like a 10 year veteran and that's that's what I texted him I was like let's go let's see what he does and he did exactly that Um, he came back like he didn't throw a pick six his first throw in the NFL on the road on a Monday night was a pick six. Not you know for, I think really helps him too? Flustered. I love that they, they have, have Josh, kept they kept
0: Josh McCown around.
1: He is the guy. He's a great
0: backup quarterback. He's so capable if someone were to go down. Totally agree. He's helping the rookies so much and he's just he's like the heart
1: of the team. They basically signed him to like whatever was it, a $15 million contract to mm-hmm. be Darnold's Like the grandpa. <laughs> the grandpa basically. And like I think uh, uh, I think his son or no his daughter is like the same age as, as Donald, which is crazy. Wow. Um, so my barber actually cuts both of their hairs. Like oh, he cuts Corey
0: Davis just and, said, he's fine.
1: Uh, Corey Davis said he's fine. So, See, yeah, guys, I just got to so alert. Wednesday, he's fine. Wednesday, guys. Wednesday practice. Don't worry about it too much. Um, but so my barber cuts both of their hairs, which is super interesting. This is like a little fun fact. Really? Yeah. Josh McCown and Sam Donald. I'm getting my haircut tomorrow from him. Wow. Yeah, he goes to the facility, cuts their hair. Which is really funny because like there's so many memes about them like slicking their hair back. Yeah, do they kind get the stuff. same haircut? So every, they get, no, they don't get the same haircut. Okay, uh, but because like you know they have different hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, Sam, Josh McCown literally told him, "I was like, hey, this is the guy you should get your haircut from." Um, fun fact. I mean, the reason why it's relevant it's not fantasy relevant. Do they have lice? They, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. But um. I'm I'm trying to meet them though. I'm trying to like trying to schedule your appointment. My barber is literally like two minutes from here. Like he's in Cranford, New Jersey. So So he drives
0: up to the what is it? He He drives up up to the facility. Up
1: to the facility. Yep. Um, Apparently that's in Florham Park. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's not too far. That's not too far from here. Not at all. No. Anyway. Anyway. uh, Randall Cobb, Geronimo, Allison. uh, Who's their barbers going? (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, Not in New Jersey. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, they're going up against the Vikings this week. Tough matchup, uh, f- especially for Devontae Adams, who's probably going to be dealing shadowed. With injury dealing with injury, going to be shadowed by you know by Xavier Rhodes. So there can be some extra targets for both of these guys. Um, if Trey Wayne's can go, who's he's also hurt? He left that game. Um, rookie Mike Hughes, who had that pick six last week, uh, he might have to go to the outside. Uh, with either Mackenzie Alexander in the nickel. Uh, Hughes did open up the game. The, the rookie did open the, up the game in the nickel last week. But um, they played um, a safety, Jerome Curse in the nickel when he moved to the outside. So, you know, Mike Zimmer said that Hughes is more comfortable in the outside than in the slot, and that's what it seemed like. But either way, it should be fine for Allison and Cobb at home, especially if Xavier Rhodes is busy on the other side. Yeah. Um, plus, if Rodgers plays and he's a little hobbled, they're going to play out of the shotgun. They're going to uh, depend on that quick passing game. And Randall Cobb is going to probably get another 10, 11 targets.
0: I think I think this is going to be a 300, 350-yard passing game for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they run the ball too much. They didn't have much su- success doing that last week. Um, another tough matchup for the running backs. I'm sure we'll see Rodgers sling it out a whole bunch. At home. Yeah, yeah, at home. And someone else who could also also take on a bigger role is Jimmy Graham. He had a quiet week last week. But he creates some mismatches, and especially if you have all these threats, and Graham, Cobb, Allison now, and uh, Adam's on the outside. We can see Graham get some work down the middle.
1: And, you know, they also didn't see too many red zone opportunities last week. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to be a little bit patient with Jimmy. He's either
0: long bombs or... Yeah, we, just, have to,
1: we have to be a little bit patient with him. Yeah. See a little bit more how they use him in the red zone, because that's what he is. He's going to be a red zone guy. Um, PPR leagues, you might not be too happy with his production, but he's going to get touchdowns. Okay, moving on, uh moving on to the Chargers. Uh Mike Williams, he only played on 54% of snaps last week, but he out-targeted Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin, I'm expecting athletes. that to
0: increase. We're going to see a little more of Williams.
1: He, but even with 54% of snaps, he caught 5 of his targets for 81 yards. Um and we can like you said, we can see a snaps increase. Um, he has that potential use in the red zone, right? We, we're thinking he's a red zone guy, but he caught five for eighty one, which is pretty damn good.
0: It's um, something we noticed about the game. In I, I was watching the KC Chargers game, and um, the announcers were were right for a big part. Is like Philip Rivers' receivers, receivers are kind of letting him down. Travis Benjamin and Tyre Williams kept dropping passes; they couldn't get open. And Williams was really Williams and uh, Allen, obviously, it was reliable. but um, they were reliable options. So. Mike Williams will definitely see a step up, and I'm expecting that to continue. He's going to win over that wide receiver two spot over Tyrell Williams. We're going to see Williams, Tyrell Williams. I keep getting a confused. Tyrell Williams take a back seat. Another thing also is that Melvin Gordon actually led the Chargers in receiving yards over Keenan Allen. It was like a yard or two difference, but the fact of the matter is that I wouldn't overreact in Austin Eckler. Um, a lot of people seem to pick him up. I think Melvin Gordon has a stable uh, role in the passing game. Eckler was just like – it was It was a 400-yard game for Rivers, and that's not something we're
1: going to see every single week. I think that was a career high for Melvin Gordon as far as his receiving yards. Yeah. Out. So, just that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Mike Williams is a decent flex play um, against the Bills defense. Uh, you know, he, when he's not lined up against Tredavious White – which he shouldn't be 50% of the time. He split last week on the outside, you know, 50% of the time on each side. So I'm not I'm not worried about that matchup at all. Um, Cooper Cup. So Buddha Baker um, on, the, on the Cardinals, he's playing yeah, that Tyron uh, Matthew role. Tyron. <laughs> Tyron. 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 Tyron, Matthew. Tyron. Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew. Sorry. I'm bugging out right now. Uh, Tyron Matthew role. Uh, but. Uh, Baker isn't as good in coverage. Like we saw, the honey badger, he got better as his career progressed in coverage. But Budde Baker isn't there yet. Um, so Cup, he could, should continue to play well this week. Robert Woods is probably going to see the most of Patrick Pat- Patrick Peterson. Now Peterson said that he's not going to shadow anymore. Um, so we'll see what happens. He's probably probably going to stay on his side. Um, I think last week he stayed on his side the entire time, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Uh, no, Patrick Peterson did move around a bit. Um, who did the Cardinals play last week? Redskins. They play the Redskins. So there's no way to shadow there. Yes. Um, so he, but he did move around, shadow which is Chris interesting. Um, that, that, that's going to be interesting. But either way, um, if he does play on that right side, uh, Robert Woods is going to see a lot of him. And he plays on the outside. So he, I'm not worried about Cooper Cup there. Um, so I think, I think Cup, Cooks, you know We should see a little bit of an increase in targets there. Um, but I'm looking at it now. Patrick Peterson did move around a little bit, so he could see a little bit more Cooks too. Either way, Cup is probably a play. Okay. Uh Devin... He's got a nice close-up on you from oh, my you... Instagram. Yeah. Probably can't hear anything because my phone is bad. But... <laughs> uh, You'll did... see it. Devin Funches is a name that we got to start talking about a little bit. Um, Especially with Olsen. Exactly. And th- that's why I bring him up. With, Olsen? With... Can I bring something up about sure. Olson? He's pissing me off. <laughs> He's pissing me off. Yeah, you true.
0: refracture your foot. But and rather than letting it heal and actually have time left in your career, what you're going to do is, nah, I'll deal with it for two or three weeks. I'll get back in there, and then I'll have surgery after the season's over.
1: Well, you know what? He's, he's a player. This is his like, last year.
0: Yeah, and I admire the fact that he wants to be on the field. But you're not only hurting yourself. but you're, you're, Are you hurting the team at you're that You're hurting fantasy players. You're hurting fantasy players. have got to keep them on your bench. You're hurting fantasy, <laughs> but you're also hurting the team. I mean, if he's playing with a fractured foot, he can't run. He's going to catch the ball, but give Ian Thomas a chance. Right. Let him see what he can do in that bigger role the next right. few weeks. And I, I know he wants to be, he wants to be in the game. But even if you have to sit out, like take
1: more than a couple weeks. Right. right. And, and honestly, I think he will. I think the pain is going to be too much to handle for him. I mean, the screws are still in place in that foot. That's good. Uh, yeah, I don't think the screws loosen um, in, in, in when you had those plays, but I just, I, I feel like he should definitely take a little bit more time um, if he needs it. It seems like from from all the injury experts, quote unquote experts I've, I've read on, he should probably take more time than a couple weeks, and that, that will probably happen. I think he said a couple of weeks, but I think it'll be more time. Um, this week, I don't think Devin Funches is going to see too much of uh, Desmond Trufant, who plays the other side on the right side of where uh, Funches usually lines up. So I think Funches has a decent matchup this week. Okay, uh, moving on to Chris Hogan. Um, Now, Chris Hogan actually lined up a ton in the slot last week, and if that continues, he can actually avoid both Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye this week. Ramsey, he usually follows a top wide receiver into the slot, but only if that wide receiver plays primarily on the outside. I don't think we can expect Dorsett to do what he did last week because uh, he's going to see Bouye. He's going to see Ramsey depending on where he is on the outside, and that's where he primarily plays. So Hogan is a guy that he might play in the slot again, and he could bounce back against the Jags this week. And Hogan had Aaron Colvin last year. I mean last year. Last Last week. week. He did have Aaron Colvin, which is he's a great slot corner. We didn't expect Hogan to line up in the slot as much as he did. Um, So that's one of the reasons why he shit the bed. Okay. uh, Ted Ginn. He actually lined up in the slot more than any other Saints wide receiver last week. Um, Michael Thomas lined up a bunch as well. Um, We saw what Juju was able to do last week against Cleveland. The Saints, they're going to look to rebound this week. They're pissed. Um, Ginn is clearly their second wide receiver behind Michael Thomas right now. Cameron Meredith, um, he's coming along slowly. He wasn't even active for that game. So I think Ted Ginn, uh, I, I think he was on the injury report. Um, so we'll see what happens with him, uh, but just to monitor that, but I think he's an okay start this week. Update just popped up. Devontae Freeman did not practice today. Yeah. If it's, if it's the
0: Tevin Coleman show, we're looking at RB1 numbers. Yeah, and out there.
1: this knee injury for Devontae Freeman is, is concerning me because it's the same knee that he sprained his MCL and PCL last year. Um, an MCL can recover, but a PCL doesn't always recover the way that you want it to. What about the LCL? What's the LCL? is another one. It is? It's a tendon. It, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, the PCL is a, a ligament, according to uh, Stefania Bell, ESPN Stefania Bell. She mm-hmm. said that, I was listening to her yesterday, and she said that it's not something that heals properly. Um, and if this is a, and this is the same knee that he messed up last year. So if I'm a Freeman owner right now, I'm looking to sell a little bit, honestly. Um, no,
0: I didn't take anatomy in high school or college or anything like that. I think the LCL. I'm showing, Mm -hmm. lifting my leg up right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my LCL is on the left side. The ACL is down the middle. The MCL. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But (laughs) I just wanted to show off my anatomy. Thank you.
1: Uh, Yeah. So I mean, I honestly like. I'm not feeling that. So if you're a Freeman owner, you better pick up Tevin Coleman right. Trade for trade for him right now. Um, Okay. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, again, he had such a low depth of target last week. He had, like, 13 catches for, like, 32 yards or something like that. Um, but Vernon Hargraves, you know, they're going up against the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Their nickel corner, Vernon Hargraves, he's going to be out for the season. Uh, you know, Aguilar, he lined up in the slot most of the time last week. He did line up on the outside more than he did last year. Uh, but – I think he's going to feast again. Um, they gave up the most points out of the slot last week. The Bucs did. Um, now, when I go line up on the outside, um, it's going to be fine because I think Brent Grimes is also dealing with a groin injury. and He's not practicing, so he might be out too. So this secondary is going to be banged up. You're just looking at a
0: bad defense. Exactly.
1: With their already bad players banged up. Yes. <laughs> so whoever's behind them is, is not going to be good. Um, let's talk about Tyler Lockett. Uh, so Bryce Callahan, um, he's, he's the Bears' nickel corner. Um, he couldn't handle Randall Cobb last week out of the slot. Um, Lockett, he played more than 70% of his snaps in the slot after Doug Baldwin left the game last week. So I'll expect that to continue this week without uh, him in the lineup. Brandon Marshall, he's going to see a lot of Prince and Mukamara in that game. Um, he's their bigger corner. He played really well last year, um, and I like him. He's been shutting people down more than Kyle Fuller has. So are you, let me because it's clear. Are you saying Will Disley's going to have over 100 yards again? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> I think that was a little fluky. Um, There's a lot of missed tackles on those plays. Uh, Someone sent me a trade.
0: Um, sent me a picture
1: of a trade. It was Will Disley for Amari Cooper. Wow. Wow. I'll take Amari all day. Yeah. Uh, even though I don't even like Kamara that much this year. I told um, him, reject that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, this Prince and matchup for Marshall doesn't bode too well for him. I think he should still see the targets. Um, and then, obviously, if he's in the red zone, he's going to be their guy. Uh, but if Marshall sees a little bit of Kyle Fuller, obviously he can use that height advantage. Um, and Fuller, you know, he's a good corner, but he's a liability sometimes. Um, so, all they have to do is put Marshall on the right side of the field because that, that's where Fuller plays all game long. He doesn't move. Um, so, that's what I would do without the Seahawks. But I prefer Tyler Lockett this week. What, what about you? Like, would you prefer Lockett or, or Baldwin? I'm sorry, or Marshall if you had to go that route?
0: There's just an uneasy feeling about putting Marshall in my starting lineup. <laughs> in
1: 2018.
0: In 2018. Right. Five, five, four or five years ago? Sure, why not? But. Um, I need to see more of Marshall before I trust him in my starting lineup. Right. I'd, obviously, I'd more so take Lockett because he has that built-in chemistry. And he can be that number one receiver with Doug Baldwin out. So I'll, I'll take Lockett. You know,
1: you know Tal Lockett has never played a game without Doug Baldwin playing? Really? Yeah.
0: Well, Doug Baldwin also hasn't missed a game since 2012. <laughs> <So that's> exactly. <true. laughs>
1: yeah, he was an Ironman. Uh, even when he was banged up, he played. Um, so we just mentioned Corey Davis. He should be good to go uh not I mean, like his the hamstring injury um so Aaron Colvin he's the, like we said he's the only bright spot in that Houston secondary um and it's probably a big reason why Chris Hogan didn't have that big day last week so not worried about Kareem Jackson Jackson or Jonathan Joseph on the outside um after Delaney's matchup I mean after Delaney's injury like it's gonna be tough to sit Corey Davis the rest of the year because he's gonna get the targets Mariota's fine apparently he's gonna play um Mariota is questionable as far as whether he's good right now or not as far as his play. Well, if anything, out. I
0: think Mariota's injury means more so for Deion Lewis because you are going to get a lot more dump-offs. He's not going to want to scramble and run as much, so we can see Deion Lewis benefit from that. Um, Corey Davis saw 13 targets. I don't have the list of the top targets in the league, but he, he was he's got to be up there in the top five at least. I mean, Julio Jones had 19, and that was ridiculous. Uh, Golden Tate had 15. Corey Davis had thirteen. If he's, I think he's pulling it up right now. So I have a list of
1: the wide receivers who had the biggest share. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Corey Davis was, I think, like eighth on that list. He had a thirty-four percent wow. target share last week, which that's is awesome, elite. Target and share. then you
0: take out Delaney Walker, and we
1: should conti- we should expect that to continue. That's not a number that's going down this year. With Delaney Walker out, Corey Davis' targets should be around that elite territory. Um, you know, 10 to 15 targets a game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even last year, his first game coming off the hamstring injury, first game week one, 2017, he saw 10 targets. So this is something he was even doing last year. When he came off injury, first game back, he saw 10 targets.
1: Right. So and, is... and he could have had a touchdown this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mariota was just bad ball placement. That's his problem. Ball placement yeah. is his problem. Um, And, you know, Corey Davis, they were at like the three-yard line or something like that, and you know he he was he started in the slot he was going to go outside and instead of mariota placing the ball on the outside where he could have caught it and then hit the pylon he threw it inside and corey davis had to turn around to get it and he got tackled at the two-yard line
0: yeah i I had corey davis starting in a couple leagues including i had him starting in dfs so um, once the weather delays were over all, all I see exactly. is it was watching the game, game and I'm just hoping and praying, yeah. just one more catch, <laughs> just one more catch. So, so um, all, I said, all, I said, all I saw was missed target missed target <laughs> missed target <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, the catch wasn't there for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go over a couple bad matchups. I mentioned Josh Gordon probably shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. Mike Evans did destroy Marshawn Lattimore last week. But Destroyed. Gordon isn't going to see the targets, um, even though he played on 78% of the snaps last week. Uh, Devontae Adams, Xavier Rhodes might shadow him. Kelvin Benjamin, um, if you have a sorry roster that you were thinking about starting Kelvin Benjamin this week, don't because Casey Hayward is probably going to shadow him. Uh, T.Y. Hilton this week. Um, Josh Norman and Quinton Dunbar, they form actually a pretty nice duo on the outside. Uh, Dunbar, Dunbar played really well last week. So hopefully T.Y. can take advantage when he's in the slot. He's their number one um, Luck is probably going to throw another 50 times this week. Um, and I, so I expect Luck to still get his targets, and, you know, he can get open. Um, so I'm not worried about him, but, you know, kind of, you just got kind of to temper your expectations a little bit when he I think a big outside.
0: reason we saw Luck throw so much – now, I, I saw a stat. I don't know if it's true. Or maybe if it was another team. You might have to correct me on this. But the Colts did not have a play over
1: 20 yards. It's possible because Ryan Grant had, I think, nine catches for, like, 30 yards – Uh, And both the tight ends had had a lot of targets targets. So
0: I think um, When you mix a bad defense Who's going to not be on the field A lot because the offense Is just going to destroy them right? And then you take an offense That kind of slowly moves the ball Up the field No running game doesn't help Jordan Wilkins didn't have that good of a game But behind that line and Whatever the case may be It's not easy to do Um, You look at the Redskins They're going to have trouble getting the ball down the field He's going to have to throw the ball a lot. You have the two corners on the outside. Um, this could be a Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron game again. Ryan it could Grant, be Naheen uh, Hines, Hines, Ryan Grant. So I'm not too worried about Hilton. I think he's going to find a way to get the ball, and he's going to have a whole bunch of targets to do so. Right.
1: I, I mentioned Brandon Marshall and his potential matchup with Prince Amukamara. Prince he can move around a little bit. He should see the targets. Uh, but Brandon Marshall is still Brandon Marshall. He's not the same guy. He was. Five he's still 36, years ago. or however old he is. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's tough for me to throw him in my starting lineup in a PPR. He's not at an he Antonio Gates
0: level yet. Right. He's, not, he's not that old, right. but he's getting up there. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> have you seen Antonio Gates move? Oh my goodness. It's bad. <laughs> um, Jameson Crowder. Um, he didn't have the best week last week, but the Redskins didn't have to throw the ball a ton. Um, they were up the entire game. Uh, they had good time of possession, they didn't have to do it. But uh, Nate Hairston. Uh, he was one of the best nickel cornerbacks last year. Um, he's continuing to play well so for the Colts. I'll, for the Colts, he would uh, I would avoid Crowder this week because of that. Not sure if Al Smith is even looking at wide receivers right now. <laughs> he's throwing it to his backs and tight ends. Uh, but you know Crowder is somebody that if you have a better option, I might go in that direction. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about running backs. Um, can I go? Let's go through all the all the backfields a little bit. Um, let's start with Baltimore Cincinnati tonight. Alex Collins. Um, now, Cincinnati was not great last year against the run. Um, this line this week is very close. Um, Thursday night games usually have better production line for running backs, not as good for quarterbacks and wide receivers. Baltimore's defense, th- he's, they're always going to keep Collins in a good game script. Now, um, is it just me, or does it always seem like primetime
0: games go a little slower? It's, def- like it's, it's definitely slower.
1: It, it seems like – And on top of that, is Baltimore-Cincinnati. Exactly. So division <laughs>
0: matchup. Um, I actually have the snaps for the snap percentages for the Baltimore game the first week. Alex Collins saw 34% of the snaps. That should definitely go up. For sure. Kenneth Dixon had 28. He's now on IR. Javoris Allen saw 38. He saw more snaps than Collins. Um, Collins also did fumble. and He was punished for it, too. He was punished for it, and that was a big part of why he came off of someone else's practice squad to start. Right, uh, He came off of Seattle's practice squad to start for the Ravens, he had a very bad fumbling issue. He managed it pretty well last year, but not a good start for him. Um, the number should go up, right? I mean, Oh, for sure, for sure. Think and, Alex, and, and, I wouldn't and be too stressed I'm not,
1: and like this was a blowout. Um, so Buck Allen getting all those snaps. I'm sorry, uh, even Kenneth Dixon getting all those snaps. Um, I think it was a result of them being up all game. Uh, so I'm not too worried about Alice Collins right now. Uh, especially since Kenneth Dixon's out, you know, there's nothing really to worry about. Uh, We'll see a a similar split like we saw last year between um, him and Buck Allen, um, which was just fine for Collins because they're always going to be in okay game scripts this year. I think Allen still takes the field on third downs. Yep, And definitely those two-minute drills. Yep, for sure. For sure. I mean, Collins is not a PPR back. He's, He's a standard guy. You know, if you don't have any options with PPR, then you you have no choice. But at the same time... Now, are you looking to
0: grab Colin? I mean, looking to grab Allen?
1: Buck Allen? Yeah, if you're in a full PPR league, he's definitely a, a good RB4 to have on your team. You can plug him in, and he, you can depend on him for four to six catches a game. Who that would you play. rather have, Austin Eckler or George Allen? If I want steady production every week with the potential of a touchdown, I'll go Buck Allen. But... Austin Eckler provides a spark. You know, mm-hmm. Buck Allen is going to give you a hundred-yard game like Eckler can. Um, would you say Austin Eckler is electric? I would say he's electric. Chargers electric. Ah, oh, I see what you uh, did there. Well, I. All I, right, I did sorry it. guys, I'm going to head out. <laughs> <laughs> Mike dropped. Just like so literally dropped. Yeah. Mike get out of here. Um, but yeah, Buck Allen, I'm okay with him in PPR tonight. Also, remember they were up all game last week, and Buck Allen still caught like five or six balls. So, you know, in this game will be more competitive. He can catch you, you know, more passes than that. It sucks booking at Dixon. He's a capable three-down back. He's capable, but I, I just, he's just not as good on early downs. He's not a, a good in between mm-hmm. the tackle guy um, throughout his career. Uh, Joe Mixon, obviously, you know, you're gonna start him every week. I, I doubt you have better options. He's a workhorse back. He had one of the highest snap. Uh, percentages last week. And yeah, so he had, so he had
0: highest... 76%. Bernard had 25 So had, they ran some two running back sets. Yeah, but... and,
1: and, backfield, and the backfield usage um, was one of the highest in the league as well. I think Bernard um, had one target for one catch. I think he had two touches altogether. But but Joe Mixon, behind James Conner, who had 100% of the running back touches, and behind mm-hmm. Zeke, who had 95% of the running back touches, Joe Mixon was up there with 92%. So he's getting the use. He's a workhorse back. Um, and he's a little bit of a buy low right now because I don't think people realize um, how much he's being used. A lot of people are still shaky on him.
0: I, I saw some uh, some some fantasy accounts. They're like, "Oh, I'll be careful with Joe Mixon this week. I'm definitely gonna have a down like a down game. We can see Giovanni Bernard get more involved." But I don't know if that's really gonna be the case. No,
1: I, he looked I, good. I don't think so. I, and know, and this, easy matchup at matchup, but listen, I mean, he, he, you don't get this type of usage by accident. They drafted him to be that exactly. guy, and he's gonna be that guy. Um, right now, Geo is solely a handcuff, and that's it. Okay, let's move on to the Redskins and Colts. Adrian Peterson. This could potentially be a good game script for him. They're favorite at home. Indy's defense is hot garbage, uh, so I'm perfectly fine. I'm not perfectly fine with rolling him out on a- any week, but this particular week, he should be fine.
0: I mean. That- Last year, we saw games where the Cardinals game gave Peterson 30-plus carries. And it was a very similar
1: situation. They were up big in that game, too.
0: Adrian Peterson saw over half of the snaps. He had 53% of the snaps. Chris Thompson had 42 Rob Kelly saw 10%, but that's not something that's going to continue. Exactly. Um, I think it's very game script dependent, but this is
1: definitely a great matchup, great week to start Adrian Peterson. Uh, Marlon Mack, he might play this week, so he might either be the only guy on early downs. He can mix in with Jordan Wilkins on early downs. Um, not so interested in starting either of these guys this week until I really see what the split is like in this backfield on early downs especially. But I think Naheem's, Naheem Hines, like, he seems to have a role in the pass game. And I don't think that's going to change with Marlon Mack coming back.
0: Yeah, I mean, Marlon Mack's a pass-capable guy. Like he He can catch passes. And um, but
1: so is Jordan Wilkins. But he's not going to be a three-down guy. I don't think. Yeah, he's not going to be a three-down guy. He, Naheem Hines is a specialist. Yeah, I think – so Naheem Hines actually lined up as a wide receiver nine times wow. last week. And the, the only person who lined up more as a wide receiver last week was Alvin Kamara. Um, and he had nine targets last week as well. Um, so regardless of the split in his backfield, I think Hines' role probably won't change. Okay, um, let's move on to the Falcons and Panthers. Okay, so like we mentioned earlier, Devontae Freeman's knee isn't right. He sprained his MCL-PCL last year. It was the same knee. Tevin Coleman, he's going to be a play this week. Even if Freeman plays, um, I think he'll be not 100%. And Tevin Coleman can get a bunch of carries uh, and and targets in this game. So it's a tough matchup, but I think Coleman's going to see those touches. Uh, if Freeman doesn't go, he's definitely a play. you got to have him in your lineup. Because he we saw last year that he had like close to 20 touches per game when Freeman was out. Um, now... What do you think about, about this situation? Like, Are you worried about Freeman? I think if,
0: even if Freeman is limited, that we do see more of Coleman, right? So they may want to ease Freeman into the game. This is a knee injury that's been nagging him for a while. And I think either way, Coleman's a good start against the Panthers. Well, one thing about the Panthers is they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 21 games. They held Zeke to, I think it was seven under 70 yards last week. And uh, we can see that trend going. But his involvement in the passing game definitely bounces out. So when we look at Christian McCaffrey, a lot of us were worried about his snaps in C.J. Anderson. We didn't know if this was going to be a shared backfield. But I can assure you by looking at the snaps, this is most definitely Christian McCaffrey's backfield. He had 85% of the snaps CJ Anderson saw 18. He's a big part of that offense. He had a down week. He had a fumble, and he, you know, he, he didn't see the end zone, but nevertheless, he saw a lot of targets. Greg Olson's gonna miss some time, and Christian McCaffrey is that favorite target.
1: Okay, so let's move on to the Vikings and Packers. Obviously, you're gonna start Cook. Um, he had a great usage last week for his first game back, um, and it can and should go up after hearing what Mike Zimmer had to say about him. Um, Yeah, so Dalvin Cook
0: had 80% of the snaps. Latavius Murray had 20. And I think that's a good split. They want to increase his workload. He's the pass catching back. Um, Wasn't that efficient this week. Murray beat him by a smudge.
1: But I wouldn't worry about that too much going forward. I think he's a great buy low. Yeah, I 100% agree. He's definitely a buy low candidate right now. Um, As far as the other side of the field, like Jamal Williams, it's a tough matchup for him. Um, If you have other options, you know, the thing is, like, you know, Jamal Williams is going to get touches. But if you have other options that you know will get touches, too, I might go there. Um, You never know when this team is a good offense. You never know when they're going to get goal line opportunities. Um, they can get multiple goal line opportunities, which is the upside of having Williams in your lineup. Um, so it's tough. You know, it's going to be a split between him and Montgomery, um, but this is another game that he probably won't do well in um, that can open up the door for someone like Aaron Jones.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, even Aaron Jones was a top of my waiver priority this week. We didn't see anything we liked out of the Green Bay backfield. He's still available in over 50% of leagues, so if you
1: see him, Sitting on waivers, definitely go grab him and stash him on your bench. For sure. Um, let's move on to the Chargers and Bills. Um, Melvin Gordon, you're going to start him, right? <laughs> um, Austin Eckler, you know, he's a nice little flex option if you need some upside on your team. Uh, PPR, PPR. PPR League's probably preferred because um, that's where he'll do most of his damage and actually give you a little bit of a floor. Um, LeSean McCoy he's a three down back he's tough to sit you know he did have a few good runs last week that got called back by a penalty because of this terrible offensive line um but with him being the three down back he's tough to bench um even with the terrible week last week you know against a good defense this week um you know they don't have Joey Bosa this week but that's more so in the passing that really affects the passing game more uh but what do you think about McCoy going forward
0: it was interesting they gave Marcus Murphy so much work right. last week. Um, I don't
1: think that's going to continue. He looked good, though. So, Chris Ivory's not necessarily the handcuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, Marf- Marcus Murphy did look good. Um, I think that was more so the game was lost. Exactly. They want to preserve him because he does have a lot of tread on the tires, as you could say. So, I-, I wouldn't be too worried going forward. This offense is going to look totally different with Josh Allen
1: at the helm this week. So Yeah. Um, moving on to the Texans and Titans. Lamar Miller, um, he's a three-down back. I'm starting him this week. <laughs> um, you know, there's no reason to bench him. Uh, Deion Lewis, I think he's a safer play overall in the Titans' backfield on a, on a, you know, on a game-to-game basis. He just can't be game-scripted out like Derrick Henry can. Yeah. Um, you're going to take your chances with Henry if you have to. I think his third-round price tag is going to be proven to be a little bit high for what he's going to give you and the consistency. Um, you know, when they have a more versatile back like Lewis, who is just fine between the tackles as well. So, you know, we thought it was going to be a great game for Henry last week. So I would look for other options if possible that aren't as game script dependent as Henry is.
0: Yeah, I mean, Deion Lewis saw 71% of the snaps. Henry was out there for only 29%. Yeah. I mean, I think
1: that'll kind of like even out a little bit more this week. But something that's interesting, if you
0: look at – if you listen to the percentages you get, 71 and 29 which means they did not run any two running back sets. Right. So, so that's something I thought they were going to do a lot. Um, but they, they just didn't. So I think it's, it's either Lewis or Henry. And if you go in week to week, Henry's a total matchup dependent guy.
1: And we thought he would be fine last week too. That was a good matchup for him. But yep. he played 29% of the snaps. Um, Steels and Chiefs. You're going to start James Conner. Um, he was the only back to receive 100% of the running back touches last week. Yeah. Um, you got to start Hunt, um, even with a tough week last week. You know, Spencer Ware was actually not really a factor. Um, he only had a few snaps in that game. Um, Hunt, he still played on 71% of the snaps, so I'm not going to panic. You know, Kareem Hunt finished the year last year amazingly, um, and this year he should be fine as well. So I'm not worried. I'm going to play him in what should be a shootout. Okay, uh, moving on to the Jets and Dolphins. Um, so I think Bilal Powell is the guy that I like in the backfield as of right now. Even though Crowell broke off that big run, um, Powell, he's the guy who starts. He plays on early downs. He's also the hurry-up bag, the passing-down back. So, you know, Crowell has a role on early downs. Um, so he's a little bit more game-script dependent. Um, and we saw that last week with the Jets up all game long. Um, but even though they were, Powell was still involved in the fourth quarter, running the clock out with Crowell. Um, so I kind of like Ball Powell this week. should be fine against his Dolphins defense. Something interesting, too, is
0: that they actually
1: had Powell out there to start the game. Yeah. So um, – And he was starting all preseason as well.
0: Exactly. And it was an even snap percentage, but like you said, probably matchup dependent on how much we see Crowley. Yeah, and,
1: you know, Powell is their guy on passing downs. So exactly. he's, he's a little bit less risky, I would say. Yeah. Um, uh, Ken, as far as the dolphin side, Kenyon Drake, you know, his usage was still pretty good. So I'm still starting him. Um, Gore did outproduce him on the ground, um, but he did see, like, a big run. It's um, encouraging. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Drake still saw almost 75% of the snaps. That's great usage. And with him being involved in both the run and pass game, um, you know, gives him a nice floor every week. And, and with the upside that we saw from him late last year, you know, big runs, big plays, um, just waiting for that first big play from him. Um, it was a weird game last week, you know, so I wouldn't take too much out of it. Um, it was a rainy game. I think much better, I mean, just with the delays and all that, like, it was yeah. just ridiculous. It took, like, 10 hours to finish the entire game. Nobody could get into a rhythm. It was just not a good game to, like, really get a lot out of. Um, but it was a much better – it's going to be a much better matchup this week, too, I think, against the Jets. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. What do you think of, of, of Kenyon Drake?
0: I think he's a good buy-low. Yeah. Um,
1: we wouldn't spend too much
0: on it. I think RB two makes exactly, sense for him. Exactly. Uh, yeah, RB one upside. Upside, 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 sure. upside, sure. He's got but that he big is, playability. He, I think
1: he is an RB two right now. But he's a he's a good RB two. Yeah, if you got, if you have like guys like I don't know, Adrian Peterson and Alfred Morris, maybe you package those two guys up and get yes. someone like Kenyon Drake. I think that's a good upgrade, um, especially if you think that Adrian Peterson is going to fall off. Exactly. Um, PPR.
0: Standard, you may want to keep Peterson for those Maybe. game script, upside games. Maybe. Drake also has a lot of his value from catching the ball. Right. So. Okay,
1: cool. Um, let's move on to Eagles and Bucks. Um I'm okay starting JGI this week. He's a little bit game script dependent too, but he's in a good spot this week against the Bucks. Eagles, they have a good defense. Tampa Bay's defense is not good. They're banged up, um, and Eagles are going to be potentially up in this game. So, obviously, he could see some goal line opportunities this week. Um so I'm usually not a guy who likes, you know, game script dependent guys, but I think Ajay this week should be okay. How do you feel about Ajay? Are you comfortable? Or are you no. do you feel safe with him? I'm I'm trying to get I'm trying to sell him. I wanted to sell him after last week. Two touchdown game. Listen, you can't depend on touchdowns, you know, and you need guys who are gonna put up who who are gonna get touches because that is what's indicative of what the future is gonna hold. Not not touchdowns. Um, touchdowns is not an indicator of success, a future success. Opportunity is. And if a is not going to get any opportunity in the passing game, um, and then you have that mix of a backfield with Darren Sproles, Corey Clement, you know, he's not going to see the snap percentages and the opportunity that we want him to see. So that's the reason why, because of that two-touchdown game, I'm like, if you can get another RB2 that's involved in both the pass and the run game, or maybe you combine him, package him up with some other RB2 or 3, you can get an upgrade, especially after last game.
0: Yeah, great great sell-high candidate. Um, if you're in a your standard league, like you said, touchdown-dependent, so you can hold on to him if you need to. But if you're selling him high, sell him high.
1: Um, as far as Peyton Barber goes, it's a tough matchup for him. He's their guy right now. Um, I like how many snaps he's playing, uh, but I'm just not liking this particular matchup for him. So, speaking of
0: JJ, um Darren Sproles with the hamstring was actually downgraded to do, did not practice on Thursday.
1: Whenever you so see a downgrade on a Thursday, that, means that's not good, and that probably means he's not going to play. Yeah. And he's old, old, so that hamstring is not going to heal. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. His whole life. But, um, so that, that could be encouraging that for, for Because Darren Sproles got most of the snaps in that first half. Play they played the Bucks this week. Yep.
0: Good. good. Could Yeah, that's definitely could be a, could oh no, be a positive that's game. That's definitely
1: an upgrade for Ajayi. Yeah. Okay. Um moving on to the Saints and Browns. Um I would say start Alvin Kamara this week. You think I think so. What do you think? You think we should start him this week? Yeah, let's start him. Let's start him this week. Yeah, we'll find the starting lineup. I'm not really interested in any, you know, Jonathan Williams or Mike Gillisley. Um that fumble was brutal, huh? He fumbled and then he was out. Goodness, Um, but so I'm not really feeling any of those guys. When a Mark Ingram comes back, then it'll be more of a timeshare. But right now, with how efficient Camara is, like it's just like it's ridiculous. There's no reason why the Saints don't want him on the field. Um, Not really feeling Carlos Hyde in this game. If the Saints get up. Um, uh, it's probably more of a Duke-Johnson game this week. But still, even if you're not feeling Carlos Hyde, are you feeling Duke-Johnson?
0: Because I feel like the game was close like, last week, and I thought that was that would be a good opportunity to have a lot of short passes to do because of the wind. and. I, I 100% agree with that, yeah, he for sure. And he just didn't see the targets. It was, it was he, was a, a, he was on the field, though. He was on the field a lot. But we saw the targets go to Landry. Yes. We saw Njoku before he, right. he went down for a little it's bit. True.
1: So do we... Is it the same Duke Johnson? I, I, it's, it's a, it's a c- good concern to have. And I didn't have this concern because we know how much Tyrod liked to check it down to McCoy last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Um, I, I, and, and when I say it's more of a Duke Johnson game, I don't necessarily mean that I would start him. No, yeah, no. It's no, just more mean, of a, a strike against Carlos Hyde. Yes. Okay, Uh, Rams-Cardinals, start girly. That's my advice. Um, Tough matchup for David Johnson. Um, I'm not worried about David Johnson. I mean, the time of possession wasn't there uh, for the Cardinals last week. It was really bad. Um, And it showed in the box score. You know, those nine targets he got was encouraging. Uh, Let's hope he can do a little better get more production. But, you know, um, I think uh, what's encouraging this week, um, you know, Jalen Richard, he was able to grab a bunch of passes, you know, against the Rams last week. Um, you know, the fact that Marshawn Lynch was able to start the game the way he did, um, their offensive line is better than the Cardinals, but at the same time, I think there's opportunity for David Johnson to have an okay game, even against this tough defense. Um, not like you were going to sit him anyway. Uh, he was, by the way, David Johnson was uh, limited on Wednesday. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. With the back. With the back. Yeah, yeah we we've kind of brought it up before. Uh, but um, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it, unless he doesn't practice today, which I doubt. Um, Patriots and Jaguars, uh, Jeremy Hill, he tore his ACL, so he's going to be out. Um, that leaves James White, Rex Burkhead. Um, I'm, Sonny Michel is expected to play. Sonny Michel, is, expe- is he expected to play? I, I, I saw that he was getting ready to play, like he was going to play. Um, but if he's expected to play, that's great. It's definitely a downgrade for Rex Burkhead and James White. Uh, but I... I Before I knew that Michelle was going to be in, uh, I did prefer Burkhead's versatility if I had to choose one between him and James White. But in PPR, you can't go wrong with James White. Uh, Burkhead, surprisingly, did have 18 carries last week. Um, He'll be their goal line guy Uh, with Hill out. He almost caught a touchdown last week, too. So, you know, if Sony Michel is out, though, if he doesn't play, which is still possible, um, I think Rex is a start, even against this tough Jags defense. Um, Rex Burkhead, by the way, like he was – I think he didn't practice on Wednesday because of a concussion. He did practice today. Um, so we'll see what's up if he's even in the protocol. I have no idea. Um, yeah, um, one thing I brought up
0: about James White last week, last week was that when the slot receiver – so when Edelman and Amendola are out, there's a big increase we see – in targets, production, and touchdowns from the running back position. So uh, James White had a really good week last week. He saw a lot of targets. You're going against a tough Jaguar secondary. So I think this is another good week to start James White in PPR. you got to take advantage of that while Edelman's out. So Yeah,
1: and, and we did mention, talk about Fournette earlier. Um, you know, and he might not go this week with the hamstring injury. T.J. Yeldon should get most of the snaps in this game. Uh, he's going to be very involved in the passing game at least, and he's a three-down guy, so he, he'll be on the field a ton. DFS, watch out for Corey, Corey, Corey Grant. Corey Grant, I <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Sneaky, sneaker. sneaky, sneaky, real sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. Um, okay, Broncos and Raiders. Um, right now, on the Broncos, it's a three-man backfield as of right now that can reduce the two, you know, being Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsey. Those are the two most talented guys right now by far in that backfield. Devontae Booker is the odd man out in that rotation. But let's not assume that's going to be the case. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Booker lingers longer than we want because Vance Joseph is still the coach of that team. Um, You know, we saw uh, last year Booker. C.J. Anderson, Jamal Charles, all involved. Yeah. And that was a very annoying backfield. And different guys were getting more charges in different games. There was no predictability there until one of them got hurt. Um, but I think this week um, against the Raiders, I think both Freeman and Lindsey – um, are startable, for sure. And Freeman's going to be their goal line guy, um, but Lindsay he got the same amount of carries as him last week, same amount of production. Yeah, it was the same exact, same exact stat line as far as rushing. That was, that was great. But the difference was that Lindsey was able to get some work in the passing game. Yeah, and I think um,
0: looking at the snap percentages, Freeman still led them with 39. Lindsey creeped up and had 35. Booker kind of took a backseat with 26. Um, yeah. I think, uh, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if Booker lingers. I think that's going to go down for him, though. We're going to see more of a freeman lindsay split. But uh, looking at game script, I think this is a good week, if any, to start Freeman.
1: Right. And uh, so on the other side of the ball, so against this Broncos run D, Chris Carson was able to do a little bit of damage, but most of his rushing yards last week came in one play after hurdling that dude. Um, so that was a big play, but he didn't do much outside of that. So I'm not really feeling lynching in this game against the Broncos' tough front. Um, Jalen Rashard is an interesting name. He had nine targets last week, played well. Um, If he's their only third down and hurry up back, um, he can see some work with this Raiders defense being so bad. Um, So I want to see more out of this backfield before I start him, but he's kind of a name uh, to keep in mind. Yeah, Rashard played half of the offensive snaps,
0: which is 14% more than Marshawn Lynch. Um, Rashard is definitely a name to keep in mind. Someone to pick up if you have if you have an extra spot in deeper leagues in BPR. Maybe you could even increase his value from there. But
1: likely going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. Probably. Um, moving on to the last game, Bears and Seahawks. Jordan Howard's usage was wonderful. He's um, starting every week for me. Um, what do you think about Tariq Cohen, though? I mean, his touches weren't quite there last week. Five carries, three receptions on four targets. That's eight touches. You know, not sure he'll be used a ton. I would hope he's being used a little bit more uh, going forward, especially in games where they probably, you know, will be trailing a ton. Like, if they're trailing, we'll probably see a lot more of Cohen. Um, but, you know, he's a nice and versatile weapon for them. But I'm not sure, like, I feel confident putting him in my lineup right now. Um, upside is always there with him. But how, what do you feel on Tariq Cohen going forward?
0: So – Something that was interesting about Howard and Cohen. I'm, I went through all the running back snaps and Howard had 71%, Cohen had 40. So what that really tells me is they had a lot of two running back sets. And one of the things I said, before, especially to open that game, exactly. So one of the things I said before the season began is that I called Cohen a bust. Um, I think they're going to keep Howard in there on third downs. And if Cohen comes into the game, he's going to have specific plays designed for him. He's a gadget player, right? So if they have Cohen on the field, it might be like a jet sweep. It could be uh, – they can line him up on the outside. But
1: I don't think he He's not too important. I'm sorry, he's not <laughs> Tyreek Killen. He actually is Tyreek Cohen He's not Tyreek Kill is what no, i was saying.
0: No, he's not Tyreek Kill. and um, I'm sure he'll be used in kick return. I think he was returning punts. Yeah, I think so. But I'm not too high on him as a consistent option, especially He's going to have his games. Yeah, he, he's going to have his big games. But well, it's not going to be when you started that. He's a you know, they have specific plays designed for him, and he'll get his chances in specific moments. But there's a lot of other options. That I, I just
1: want to point out that Howard catching five of five of his targets last week is a huge milestone just in his career. Um, yeah. Because if he's going to give you – listen, he's not going to give you five catches every single week uh, mm-hmm. because that, I think, comes down to, what, 80 catches? <laughs> Jordan Howard is just an 80-catch guy. But he could get you 40 to 50 catches this year which is huge in PPR. I mean, that's standing
0: gonna, in front of the machine the whole offseason. Jugs- works.
1: I mean, you can tell that he's been improving it. Like that wasn't yes. bullshit. That was real. You know, he he probably would have caught two or three of those balls last year. Um, this year, he's he caught all five, and that's really encouraging. That means he's going to stay on the field, and teams can't start the box because he can just run into the flat and catch a ball, which is huge for his production, huge for the offense in general. Um, now on the other side of the ball, Chris Carson. You know he's more startable this week um, than he was last week. Uh, Pete Carroll said that Carson is leading that backfield right now, but both him and Penny saw the same exact opportunity yeah. last week. Uh, Carson he, and
0: this is this is encouraging for Penny because this is a game where Penny may have not played; his fingers still lingering. He they didn't know if they wanted to push him into the game, and he shared starting. Exactly. shared a starting role with Chris Carson it's just a matter of time
1: and he was also more involved in the passing game as well so Penny. Carson so, outplayed Penny in the run game by far um, but Penny outplayed him in the passing game um, and with Doug Baldwin out yeah exactly now I heard some talk about them possibly moving possibly moving CJ Prozheis to wide receiver and that would be interesting because that means Penny would be the third down back yes and he would get a lot more opportunity and I think he's very capable of playing on third down so um, either way, I'm okay starting Carson. I'm not as okay starting Penny unless you're in a DPPR league um, because Carson right now, he's just a better back. But I think Penny's a great buy low. Yeah, if you have bench room to stash. Like, if you're a good team, if you're starting line like mm-hmm. a set. Um, yeah, and
0: you want to get someone on your bench with a lot of upside, a lot of potential, someone who could take over a big role. Especially, you have to realize, if one of these guys
1: get hurt, right. the other guy is going to have RB2 Because they're going to play on every down. Exactly. exactly. Um, but yeah, um, that's so, and like I said, it's just a matter of time. You know, you have to monitor if um, CJ, I mean, I'm sorry, if um, Penny starts playing well, um, it's just a matter of time before he's the guy. They, they invested a first round draft picking him, and because of the fact that, like, he's coming off an injury, and, like, they just throw him out there, same amount of opportunity Carson gets, that's not fair to Carson when you when you look at it that way. But. Penny is the guy that they want on the field.
0: Something else I want to bring up with the Seahawks is that they've been wanting to feature a back ever since Marshawn Lynch True. left. They've been wanting to have just one guy lead that backfield. I mean, we saw last year they gave everybody a turn. Eddie Lacy, they gave a turn. Chris Carson had his one week where he played. He had 20 carries. Like They want to get one guy in their backfield. They spent a very high draft pick on Penny. On and, and as
1: soon as they drafted Penny, Pete Carroll was like, <laughs> he's three down back. <laughs> He's exactly a back. like he, they want it. So. And look at
0: their offensive coordinator. Yeah. Is it Marty Morningwood? No, no, not, it's, uh, uh, what's his name? Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer. He wants to run, he loves to run. Yeah. He's gonna keep running. Yeah. So, this is a lot of good signs for those penny hopefuls out there. Exactly.
1: Hey, go- hey, so we're done. We're done. A hour and 10 minutes, not bad. I think last time we were about this a little longer than this, actually. So, I think we got mm-hmm. through a lot of information in yeah. not that long a period of time. So, I, I'm I'm glad with what we did. So, Really appreciate you guys listening to this, if anybody did, um, <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah, we, still, we still don't Listen, know. Listen, <laughs> we know that there are audio issues here. We know yes. that, we're very aware that there's a little bit of an echo. Um, we apologize, throughout this podcast, we've been trying to fix it, and we thought that we would get it fixed. Yeah, there's week. been
0: moments where we've paused it, yeah. we yeah. pace back and forth for yeah. yeah. 20 minutes, <laughs> and then we come back, I, so, we try to put it
1: blankets over the microphones. We're trying to get it fixed, it'll be fixed. I hope you were able to endure this whole time, we apologize. But we're going to get it fixed. It'll be soon. We're in a temporary situation right now, and it'll be fixed. So thank you so much for joining. For for, for listening? Go ahead. Sorry. I I didn't know if this
0: was going to be – we weren't even going to bring that up. We were going to tell them we were in a tunnel the whole time. Yeah,
1: we are actually in a tunnel. So that's that's the temporary situation. We're going to move to
0: outside the tunnel next
1: week. but yeah, thanks a lot, guys. So you can follow uh, me at Upperhand Fantasy on Instagram. Uh, you Lower can follow Joey at fan- Fantasy Football Analyst. There's a dot in between those words: Fantasy dot f- Football dot Analyst. Uh, great content um, on both uh, on both pages. You know, check it out. Um, you can always DM us and, and comment to kind of like ask questions, and we'll definitely get to them. Um, especially if you comment um, <laughs> on yeah. the post themselves. Commenting so it's, more so DMs because messages there. are flooded. Exactly. It's like who do you Go to. Like, it's like Some kind of picking out of a hat at this point. It's like you answer one, yeah. you come back, and there's 800 points. Exactly. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, I really appreciate it. You can check out UpperHandFantasy.com. Um, I'm going to have to start set article out um, a little bit later today. Um, so you can check that out. Um, and it will be updated throughout the weekend. And have a great weekend. Enjoy football tonight. Um, and enjoy yes. football this weekend. Take it easy, guys. See ya. See you, guys.